What do you think of when you hear the word legacy? Now, in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about this, leaving a legacy of influence and faith for your family. My guest today is Kathy Howard, and she speaks and writes on the topic of leaving a legacy of faith. She has a wonderful new book called Heirloom, which we're going to be talking more about. But first, before we jump into my conversation with Kathy, who do you influence? Now, it's easy to think about being a person of influence when it comes to work, or church, or community organizations, and some people really think about influence as those big, important people that have roles, and they have name tags, and all those things, but when it comes to influence, we are every day influencing those around us. I think when a child is born, instead of saying, congratulations, you're a mom, We should say, congratulations, you're a person of influence. It's now up to you to mold and shape this human being into the next generation of someone who will follow God. Now, that seems like a little over the top, but really every part of our lives, we are an influence. There's people watching us. There's people following us. I know when I had little kids at home and they were learning how to walk and how to talk and do all the things, I'd see them doing the things that I was doing, picking up a block and using it as a cell phone. Those are little ways that we influence, but we could also do a better job about thinking about our influence and also leaving a legacy. And we're going to be talking about all those things today. We're going to talk about determining the type of legacy you want to leave and then making a plan for a how it can happen. We're going to think of maybe writing in a journal or writing in different books for our kids and passing on our memories and our thoughts. We're also going to be talking about activities that we can do with family members that will teach them about God and God's love. Now, Romans 10, 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And if you're listening to this right now, if you can hear my voice, you are a person of influence and something that you can do, some way that you love, some way that you care, a note or a message that you leave, an activity that you involve your children and grandchildren in, all those can leave a legacy of faith with your family. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation with Kathy Howard. Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, today I am so excited to have Kathy Howard here. We're talking about her book, Heirloom, Living and Leaving a Legacy of Faith. So welcome, Kathy. Hi, thank you, Tricia. Good to be with you. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here because I absolutely adore this book so much. (laughs) Um, 
it is such a first of all it's a beautifully done book there's illustrations throughout but the whole message of leaving a legacy of faith is one that's very important to me i love just the influence that my family has had especially my grandma my grandpa have had in my life but i would just love to hear um kind of the story behind the story of how you came to write this book okay so like you i have a strong legacy of faith my my parents loved Jesus very much. Um, and, and my mom's mom was just, oh, so sweet about her love for Jesus. But what really got me thinking particularly about this book, something that challenged me was I was, I was working on cleaning out my, my parents' home. Um, they were both in failing health and we had to do something different uh, than their current situation. And I, I came across uh, this beat up old metal box that had obviously had um, things that belonged to my great grandfather in it. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> in fact, I'll tell you what's so funny is I, I even found in this box, I as I was digging around in there, I felt something metal and grabbed it and pulled it out and it was this dental bridge. Oh my goodness. Well, that's something you want to save for generations. Huh? Right? I mean, I thought, really, why would anybody want to keep that? But, you know, I assumed since it was my great grandfather's Adam House Shouse that that resided in his mouth at some point in time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but all the let there were letters in there that were written to him, there was ledgers and things like that. But the things that the thing that really caught my attention is he had several letters written to him from his mother. And so this would have been my great, great grandmother. Oh, wow. And I know. And the, the letters were written, were dated early 1900s. Like one in particular was 1914, I think. And this is the one that really caught my attention because of course she's, she wrote about some of the the news, who who had been sick and who had been to visit and that sort of thing, but how much she desperately missed her son and longed to see him, longed to see his children. And then she wrote out a prayer and she wrote, oh, how I do pray for you every morning and night. And then she went on to write this beautiful spiritual prayer. And I'm I am flipping because here I wanted to read it word for word or I'll miss it. This is what she wrote. Oh, how much I do pray for you every single morning and night. I pray mightily to the Lord that you, Hal, and your children may be convicted and converted and sanctified. Never a day do I miss. May God hear and answer my prayers. That just gives me goosebumps. (laughs) I know. So, So there I was looking at this. Fragile yellowed paper that was my grandmother's handwriting. Of course, we don't handwrite letters anymore, right? Right. <laughs> my great great grandmother's handwriting, and I could still m- make it out. And I realized I one first of all was so encouraged because the child, her her son's child, she was praying for was my maternal grandmother. Wow. And who I knew loved Jesus so much. Yes. And so I felt like her prayers for her grandchild trickled down to me because 
my grandmother's faith impacted me. So I, I felt like in this way, my great, great grandmother had written that prayer for me, that she was praying for me more than a century ago. That is so amazing. And what I love is like you talked about, you know, talked about who visited and what we did in the day. Like it's an ordinary <laughs> person's life. And I think yes. this is why I love your book, because it's reminding us that even though we're ordinary people that go through every day, we're trying to figure out what to make for dinner. We need to go get gas in the car. You mm-hmm. know, we're folding socks, like very ordinary things. But our prayers live beyond the moment. Our prayers right. are an influence or an influence to those that were reading the letter. So obviously her son, and then like you mentioned, your grandmother, and then you. It's just amazing that in everyday life, we can be an influence to those that we know and those we may never know through our prayers. And that, that really, again, just gives me goosebumps to think about that. Isn't that amazing? And so as much as it encouraged me, it equally challenged me mm-hmm. because I thought here, a hundred years after the fact, my great, great grandmother's faith has reached down to me. So what am I doing? How am I influencing my own children, grown children and, and grandchildren um, in a way that matters for eternity? And, and her her prayers, you know, we're so quick to pray about physical things like their schoolwork and, and their physical health. But are right. we are we faithful to pray for their spiritual health and condition? And that, so that really challenged me. That is so good. And one of the things you say in your book is, you know, determine what legacy you want to leave for your family and then develop a purposeful plan to make it happen. (laughs) And I think I like how you said it it challenged you because it made you start thinking. And as we're going through the book, it made me start thinking like, how am I being purposeful? Like right Mm -hmm. now, my little baby grandson who lives in Europe, he has a fever and I've been praying for his fever and I've been checking on them. And I'm like, as you're saying that, yeah, we're praying for his health, but equally, I could say, and make him a man of God. He will follow right. you. You know, there's so many That's things right. we can just add on to those prayers that are so important. It is. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be, this isn't like we have to generate some massive plan that's going to consume our lives and share right. in our <laughs> You know, it's, it's incredible what even our small actions how God can take those and use them for his glory and, and the good of our, of our family, whether, even if it's just, you know, I, was, I stayed with two of my grandkids over the weekend because their parents were out of town and just going through this, working on this book has just made me more sensitive to opportunities, right? right? That, that come in our daily lives whether it's to talk about the God who put the rainbow in the sky and why it's there, or we see a homeless person and let's just stop and pray for them. It, it's just a matter of being aware. Awareness is huge. Absolutely. And just remember those things like from our own grandparents. I remember my grandpa, um, you know, if I'd stay the night at their house, he'd be at the table, kitchen table, um, with his cup of coffee, with his Bible open, his hands folded, praying for his family members. I just remember his voice. He passed away in 99. So I remember mm-hmm. his voice praying for each family member. 
And when I became a mom and had my own family, I would, you know, made time to get up early and I still do it. Have my Bible and I have my coffee (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I I sit on the couch and I curl a little, curl my feet up and put a blanket over me. But it's that example. We never know how that influence will impact the future generations just by the things we say, the things we live. my, My grandma loves, she still lives with me. She's 92. She loves to sing worship songs even in the middle of the night (laughs) sometimes like okay okay grandma I'm trying to sleep here but it is amazing because now my kids hear grandma singing all these songs and sometimes I'll hear them humming the songs that she's singing you know that's as she's just sitting in her room that's just right off our main living area and we can hear her singing and this is something that's imprinting in my kids that they're going to have for life you know it's it's living our our own personal faith out loud makes such an impact. Um, Just thinking about what you were saying as far as your children seeing you spending time with God, that's something one of my daughters has told me in recent years that, that really impacted her as she was growing up is that when she would get up in the mornings, I would be sitting at the desk in the kitchen with my Bible open. And it's amazing the, the impact that that had. Absolutely. Or the worship music we have playing. My husband was just telling me that um, he was working in the car and our two daughters, 14 and 11, went out to sit by him in the garage and they brought Alexa out there so she could play music. And he said the songs that they were playing were all the songs we sing in church and the songs that you have when you're cooking in the kitchen. There was all these worship songs and that's what they were telling Alexa to play. And he, he says, I was tearing up under the car just realizing that oh. you know those songs become important to them just because we're playing, praying and playing them. And um, it, it's such an important thing to, to make an impact. And I think we don't realize sometimes that it's these little things that they will carry with them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, to, to just not be afraid to share those things with our family and, and talk about our faith, whether, you know, I think we sometimes are, are hesitant to share our struggles, but I think even sharing our, the struggles we are having in our faith, that makes a huge impact in our kids because they have, okay, we don't have to have it together all the time. And, right. and this is how God meets us in the in the hard times of our life. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that, another thing I love you talked about is um, memorial, memorialize a mighty work of God in your family by connecting the story to a unique physical object. Then mm-hmm. use it as a spiritual marker. And I did a book recently with um, Todd and Brooke Tillman. He won The Voice and... He was a pastor for many years and now he's doing a lot of music, but they have eight kids. And one of the things that reminded me um, when I was reading your book, something that they did is they were having a really hard time in their life. And there was a lot of challenges with some of their kids and they wanted their kids to know that their whole family was in it together. Like even though it's maybe one or two children that are having specific challenges that the whole family was in it together with them and they went to the kitchen and they had this twine just cooking twine um and they cut up all these lengths of this red cooking twine and wrapped it around each person's wrist and said this is a reminder that you're a tillman and that we're in this together so whenever you're feeling like you're alone or you don't have um, anyone to walk with you know with you through these struggles just look at this red twine and they still all these years later it's probably three or four years now each have this red twine around their wrist and every time 
it frays or falls off, they just go get another piece of red twine. And I thought, oh, that's that's exactly what Kathy was talking about in her book about we can see, find everyday things to remind us of a mighty work of God or something that God wants us to remember. Yes, yes. You know, I have little objects that I've brought back from mission trips that remind me of of those kinds of things. And um, I have a I have a picture. Uh, it's a it's a print of Jesus sitting with the the one sheep that's wandered away from from the uh, flock, and um, I purchased that after God did this mighty work in our church. We were living in Alberta, Canada at the time, and um, my husband and I got to teach a secret Bible study. God was just bringing these adults who knew nothing about the Bible, who'd never been in church in their whole lives, just through the most miraculous ways. He kept bringing them to our church, and we got to be involved in that ministry and saw many come to faith in Jesus. And I wanted to mark that in some way Mm. because it was so exciting and huge and just incredible to get to be on, on the front row of watching God do something like that. And so we've got this picture and it's hanging on the wall in my dining room and my kids know why we have it. My grandkids are hearing why we have that picture. And uh, if anybody comes to my house and says, oh, I really like, tell me about that picture, then I get to share that story. And so that's one of my spiritual markers. I love that so much. And so as we're going along, I think when we hear the term, living and leaving a legacy of faith we think it has to be this huge thing but already we've talked about just you know adding extra prayers when we're praying like for their physical things and we talked about having those spiritual markers and then we you know talked about just our daily routines how our Mm -hmm. our kids see that so I you know hope those listening are encouraged to realize like this doesn't have to be like you said before you know when we have a plan it doesn't have to we have the calendar marked and this day we're going to do this although you can do those things because I know you also mentioned like um, grandkid camps and those sorts of things so there's the, the things that we can do that are the bigger moments but also the little things that as we're just going through our everyday life this is, let me share, let me tell you about this picture I have hanging on the wall or, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you want to sit here next to me while I'm reading my Bible? Do you want me to read you a scripture? You know, all these things that we can be doing can be bigger or can be just part of our everyday life. And that is leaving a legacy. So it doesn't it have is. to be the, like this big, this big, scary term. No, it, it can doesn't. be this everyday thing. You know, one of my very favorite things is something I refer to as a gratitude prompt. And um, it, did, it didn't originate with me. My my husband and I, a few summers ago, were visiting some friends and old friends in Wyoming. And um, we were on their property, on their ranch. And, and there's train tracks that run across it. And we were out walking around and we heard the train whistle. And our friend Lloyd said, okay. Right now we need to stop. He said, every time I hear the train whistle, this is my reminder to just stop and thank God. And I I tell everybody who comes to visit the ranch the very same thing. So we're just going to stop and pause for a moment and thank God. So it so um, challenged me to do a similar thing where we live. I can hear a train whistle. And so now, and my husband does it too. Every time we hear the train whistle, we just stop it. We may just say, oh, thank you, Lord. Or we may thank him for something specific. And we've talked to our kids about it 
too. And our grandkids know that too. And um, that's something so easy that every family can do. You may not be able to hear a train whistle, but you could do something like whenever the ice dumps and the ice maker in the fridge, if they <laughs> yeah. stop yeah. and thanks God. <laughs> the dog barks. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would be thanking God constantly. <laughs> I know my dog is just thinks he has to bark at every bird and every squirrel in our backyard. <laughs> yep, for sure. We have one like that too. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that that you could choose like, okay, let's figure out what this, the prayer prompt is going to be um, or gratitude prompt is going to be and and any sound or any event, you know, when it's 12 o'clock noon, you just look at the clock. Oh, it's noon. Let me just mm-hmm. lift up gratitude to God. That is so good. So what other encouragement would you have for people out there that are thinking like, I would like to incorporate more into my life. Um, of course, you know, get the book cause there is, filled, filled, filled with so many things. But what other ideas do you have that people can do? Right. I mean, it's as simple as like, if you have uh, children that are old enough to either have a job or perhaps do chores around the house that they get an allowance for, start teaching them how to tithe Um, Mm. the money they have coming in. You know, that's, that's something we all struggle with, and we we teach them we teach them early. They can develop a an attitude of a cheerful a cheerful giver. Um, another thing I think is really cool is this idea of missions. We've been on a family mission trip before, so whether you could take your family on a mission trip or whether you just get some names of missionaries that your church supports and you pray for them before you have dinner at night, some way to support missions and point your family to the fact there are people that are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. And we can support them by going, by praying, by giving. Absolutely. And I think a family mission trip is one of the best things a family can do. Um, we did that. Our first one was in 19, no, wait, no, wait, no, 2009, not that far back. 2009 was our first um, mission trip when we went to the Czech Republic. And now my daughter is a full-time missionary there because of that trip, because of the people wow. she met, because of the churches that she worked with. She ended up going back for a summer and now she's a full-time um, missionary. So it's, it's a very, I mean, tangible thing in our home because their sister, they get to see her only once or twice a year when she comes home with her, um, she comes over with her husband. She married a Czech, um, a Czech oh. man. And then they have two little sweet babies. Um, but this is a real tangible thing that this all started with our family saying we want to serve the world <laughs> um, as a family. And she literally took that on in her life um, doing that. And, and so she'll tell about the people she meets and the things that she does. And so, you know, just remembering to pray for her, but you know, you have to have a missionary in your family. There's so many missionaries exactly. out there, but even if you could just go and you talk about this too, just go to a soup kitchen or do something in your own community. It'll make a huge impact um, for your kids. Another thing we do is we pack um, bags, large Ziploc bags, gallon bags with items like water bottles and um, hand sanitizers and toothbrushes. And when we see a homeless person with a sign, you know, we have these little gift bags, um, you know, toiletry bags that we pass out to people. And those types of things are just reminding our children that we can make a difference. And that's another thing you talk about in your book is that 
Um, you know, whether you're just opening your door, whether you're going out, whether you're reaching out to a coworker or a neighbor, you have a wide circle of influence. And so as we're being an influence, we're also training up those that are coming behind us to know right. that they can be an influence too. Right. I mean, just helping develop godly character in our yes. children. That is, <laughs> that is huge. As you said, you know, commit, commit to some charity work together. Um, that is a huge thing. Um, one thing that I, I wish that I had asked my parents to do, and this is something that I've been encouraging other women to do, is to to write our faith stories for our mm. children. Um, I actually put together a, a resource on that, and um, I'd love to share that with anybody. It's just question prompts that, like, how did you first start becoming interested in the things of God or what what scriptures have really influenced your life or been close to your heart or um you know what what events in your life has has god used in your life just endless a few prompts to to help us write our faith story i wish that i had done that with my parents and now mm-hmm. it's too late yeah it's too late and so um i'm i'm going to do that for my own children who are so busy right now, they probably don't think about asking the questions and and I don't want them to regret that one day. So I I want to leave that for them. I love that so much. My grandma, she talks about, because I've asked her that, I'm pretty sure I have it recorded. I need to make sure, I might need to record it again, but I asked her how she became interested um, in, you know, to become a Christian. And it was my aunt who went away to college um, who was impacted by a campus ministry and bought my grandma a Bible and came home and told her about Jesus. Huh. And that's what led her to the Lord. So she was, she was an adult in her, um, I think late forties, early fifties when she became a Christian because of oh. my aunt's influence from a campus ministry. So that's yeah, these, a wonderful these story. Stories are so, and so I just remember her as the sweet, faithful grandma that was singing next to me in church and stuff, but it wasn't until later in life that she even became a Christian. Wow. That's, I'm glad you know that story. That's wonderful. Yes. I need you a, know, it's a good reminder. I'm making a note to myself to record her saying that story again. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah absolutely. absolutely need to, to do that. You know, one of my, um, my nine-year-old grandson, his other grandfather, one of his other grandfathers, not, not us, his other grandfather does a, um, think they're doing it weekly a weekly memory verse like he'll he'll um reach out to Micah through our daughter and say okay this is the memory verse I'm working on this week and encourages Micah to memorize it with him so so he's encouraging memorization of scripture like that I mean it's an easy thing to do oh I love that and then you know, after a couple months, go get a reward like an ice cream cone or something for exactly, working on it. Exactly, exactly. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. So I have grandkids. So I, have, I have kids, little kids at home, and I have grandkids too. So I can oh, kind of, I, I can tie do. this I all so together. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm writing down lots of notes here, Kathy, as we're talking. <laughs> I love this so much. Um, but another thing I wanted to mention in the book, which is another part I just love about it, is the genealogy tips. Um, so yes. through the book, 
and I love my Ancestry.com account and finding all too. the family members and um, the Christian heritage of so many family members is so encouraging. So tell us a little bit about um, this and why you wanted to include it in the book. Right. Well, it, it so connects so well with this idea of spiritual heritage. And um, I, I've i been finding out so much about my own family as mm-hmm. I... Um, because I play on Ancestry.com too. But I, I know just enough to be dangerous. So the, the Ancestry, uh, the genealogy research tips actually came from my editor at Tyndale, who is very um, much into that as, as a hobby. And she knows so much. And, and so she provided those, those tips. So every devotion, there's, there's 52 devotions. And each one, of course, is based in scripture, but tells the story and gives a very practical tip for leading a spiritual legacy, like the gratitude prompt we talked about. But then every devotion also includes one of those genealogy research tips, whether, whether it's, um, you know, looking at census records, um, and she gives all kinds of tips on how to find things that you wouldn't necessarily think of off the top of your head. Yeah, it just talks about like different immigrants and where you might find information about them and how other things to look for and and errors in census reports, all these different things. I'm like, and looking at church records because church, you know, churches would keep records that that even the government didn't necessarily keep. So, love all those tips. Yeah, and I love it. I was looking up um, my great fifth great grandfather on my dad's side who I didn't know my biological dad growing up um he was a missionary and a circuit preacher in Indiana and in Missouri and looking back at there's so much information a lot was written about him books have been written about him but going back at some of the church records they said um I saw a note in one of the ancestry things it said that they could that from this record, you could tell they were part of a noble or a more influential family because these records were held like at the king's office or something instead ah. of like the the just the little um, like city hall type thing. And I went, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I guess. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's so cool when you find these things. And I mean, having that type of information to know that oh, this is this kind of record means this or this information you could find here. And I was able to go last year to Kansas where my grandpa grew up. Um, they left in, I think, 1925 uh, because of the Dust Bowl, something like that. They ended up going, oh, no, wait, 1930. They left um, Kansas to go to California because of the Dust Bowl. But I ended up being able to see the property that his family owned. And they're the, wow. the one-room schoolhouse. It's barely standing. <laughs> it's still standing there um, that he went to as a little kid. He was born in 1916. And so it's so amazing when we could just get these glimpses of this heritage and then remember that someday our grandkids will be wanting that information or our great grandkids or they'll want to know our spiritual legacy. And so there's so many great ideas. Um, in yeah, this even if they don't think they're interested now, one of these days they yes. will be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, another one of the genealogy tips in the book is is to look at 
family records. Like, well, just like I discovered that old metal box full of letters, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of little hints of information in there. And family Bibles is another big one. If you have any Bibles that belong to your grandmother or great grandmother, they put so they used to put so much information in the Bibles. Yeah, that was like their record keeping. <laughs> yes, for sure. Oh, so good. Well, again, the book is um, Heirloom, Live, Living and Leaving a Legacy of Faith. And um, Kathy Howard is the author. So make sure you look her up. Now, Kathy, you mentioned that um, that question sheet. Yes. I'll, I'll get the information from you and we'll make sure we get it in the show notes. Okay. But let us know where we could get information about you and the book and anything else that you have where we can connect with you. So my website is kathyhoward.org and that's Kathy with a K and all free bunch of free resources, uh, links to the book. You can easiest way to find heirloom is on Amazon. And, and then from her website, like she said, there's all types of resources that you can use and um, to go, go along with the book. Yes, and I will make sure I get that link to you for the um, the free write your own your own faith story guide. That would be great, and we'll put those in the show notes. Well, thank you, Kathy, so much for being here today. I just love talking to you. Thank you, Tricia. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.